Good question, Bij. But how would I do a podcast about my life and not talk about my life? Now take your alligator and let daddy get unbothered. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I'm your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. In case anybody is wondering, my co-host, Snoop Baby B, is currently having a Whimsy's Alligators. Well, Whimsy's Alligator, not plural, ters. It's what she's doing. Whimsy's Alligators, the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Tyra Vera, but we still give them a shout-out, and we still put our Amazon... Our Amazon... <laughs> it's COVID. It'll pass. Um, We still put our Amazon affiliates link down below in the description box. If you guys want to check out... Alli well, I guess we're just going to have to work through this, aren't we? If you guys want to check out Whimsy's Alligators for yourself, check them out down below in the description box. Click the link. Stop being stupid. Stop playing yourself. Stop killing your dog. I don't know. Whimsy's might kill your dog, too. What do I know? Anyway, um, Carlos Homemade Salsa, I always shout them out. I will continue to shout them out. Carlos Homemade Salsa is the absolute best salsa in the world and everybody should know about it it's really making my egg whites bear bearable and if you guys haven't seen my body on instagram lately and my instagram stories i'm really doing things the way i'm supposed to you know um i'm gonna talk about this i'm gonna do a video about this because people will pay more attention to a video when it comes to this kind of thing instead of having it buried here in my podcast. But one of the things that I want to talk about is when it comes to diet, a lot of people really aren't honest with themselves. You know, that's one of the biggest problems. People will be like, I'm doing everything right, but I'm not losing weight. And then you'll be like, okay, well, you know, do you drink water only? And they'll be like, no, I still have to have my Starbucks. And it's like, Okay, well, if you're having a black coffee, that's fine. But if you're having any kind of mix, there's a good chance that you're having probably close to as many calories as I have in a day in your one drink. So that's your breakfast, even if you look at it as only being a drink. And people don't realize that or they realize that, but they don't want to acknowledge it. So they want to blame the fact that their body isn't working or the diet isn't working out. When really the diet is probably working fine. It's the fact that you're not sticking to your diet that's not working out. And I also am not doing crazy amounts of cardio right now. I've been keeping it to 30 minutes a day when I'm doing treadmill, which is what I'm doing when I'm here in town. When I'm out of town, I will walk to and from the gym because if you guys haven't heard the news or you're not familiar with the way Uber and Lyft are working, they're all charging more right now and it's because of gas prices and I don't blame them. But I'm also not going to overpay for an Uber and I'm also not going to take the cheap route and be like, well, I'll pay for the Uber and then I won't tip the driver. None of that is going to happen around this camp. So I'm like, I can just walk myself to the gym if I'm in the strange town and don't have a car. And the last time I didn't get a car and I don't regret that. You know, I walked 30 minutes each way to the gym. The time before that, it was over an hour 
You know, when I was in Wichita, it was over an hour each way to the gym. When I went to El Paso, why am I yawning? I'm not even tired. It's just something that happens when there's a mic in front of my mouth. Uh, well, that's not. let's not start with the dirty jokes already, you guys. But anyway, so... I was doing that for cardio because there was a part of me that wanted to do cardio on top of it. But I was like, that's kind of overkill because like when I was in Wichita, it literally was, I think, an hour and 20. I have it somewhere in my screenshots, but it was either an hour and 20 or an hour and 40 minutes walk to and from the gym. So I was like, that right there is my cardio. And then so if I just get there and do weights and that's fine, which is what I was doing in Wichita as well. But uh, <sighs> There's a saying, and I don't mean to sound douchey, I don't mean to sound like some kind of bro science guy or whatever, but this is just true. And it's been proven in studies that diet is more important than exercise. So you can outwork your results. Just look at how many calories you burn when you're on the treadmill. Like me, I do pretty difficult cardio that's what i would say even when i'm just doing 30 minutes and i burn <sighs> excuse me we're just gonna have to work through these yawns and i burn 365 calories while i'm doing my half hour on the treadmill so if you look at the amount of calories that are in a lot of the stuff you eat like say even a cookie you're already at probably like 200 calories, I think. And I could be off because I haven't added a cat or a cookie into my, my fitness pal is what I use. So if anybody wants to know what I use to track my calories, my fitness pal is what I use. And right now I would say I'm probably eating under 2000 calories a day. I would say probably closer to 15 or 1600, which some people would talk shit about because it's pretty low. Um, you know, the, the average is supposed to be 2000 a day. Most people eat way more than that. They don't realize it, but that's what they're doing. I haven't been putting stuff in my, my fit pal, my fitness pal lately though, because I kind of have an idea of what it is, where it is I'm at because I did it for so long and I was tracking everything. And that's the other thing people don't get. I always tell people to track yourself for a month or two and you're going to forget sometimes, but you know, over time you'll get in the habit of remembering to do it. But if you track yourself, then you'll at a point, get a rhythm and get an idea of, okay, this is that many calories, that's that many calories. All right. So this is where I should be at this. I can do this. I cannot. And you know, you'd also be surprised how many calories are in certain things. And you also would be surprised how many calories are not in certain things. So it's, it's good to do just to figure out your system. And then once you do that, you don't have to track calories. You don't have to spend the rest of your life tracking calories. And the average person doesn't even want to, you know, have the kind of definition that I aspire to have. They're just looking to be in a manageable range or a healthier range. And I get that too. But that's when it's even more important, in my opinion, because you don't really want to stick to the particularly low, but at the same time, you don't want to slip into going way over, which is how you'll end up obese. And that's not me being insulting. It's the clinical term obese. You know, it's actual obesity, morbid obesity. And so you want to be careful for that. And I would tell people that you shouldn't let the process intimidate you and you shouldn't get down. 
But anyway, I ended up hearing back from Alex Elkin. I didn't end up hitting him up about the the podcast that I put out last week for two reasons. One, I was too busy and like I knew that I didn't have time to have a full conversation about it with everything that I was having to do. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with what's going on. I know some of you have, but, you know, my residency has been canceled and that was something that I had to do. And it was because originally I had a partner that I was going in with, a person I was working with. I think I had already told you guys Ralph Tutela was who I was working with. And then it turned out Ralph Tutela let me know a week and a half before we were supposed to have our first show that he was not going to be able to do it anymore. And I kind of understand what he was saying but at the same time I also know that no matter what he was saying it really was just a matter of he wasn't ready for the amount of work that it was going to be and if Ralph doesn't like me saying that my phone number never changes he's been able to use it up until now there's no reason it would stop working so if he has anything to say about that he can feel free to hit me up I'm not going to hit him up and be like I was talking about you on the podcast everybody knows every week I talk about my life so if you you played some role in my life in the last week, then you know that you're probably going to get mentioned on this podcast. I'll end up talking about that on this podcast. I don't know how much right now. Let's just handle the Alex Elkin situation. So anyway, Alex Elkin hit me up because he wanted to let me know that he thought it was a bit unfair the way that I talked about it because I like what I was talking about with me not being able to co-sign to certain things he said actually happened two days after we recorded. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what my problem was, is if I record with you and I didn't mention anything about it and then you say something that I can't stand behind two days later, then now it looks like I'm just sitting there co-signing to what you're saying or that I have some idea and I'm not acknowledging that. And so I that was a part of why I was like, I have to add a beginning onto it because a lot ended up happening in those couple of days for him. And I also tried to explain to him because I'll just like, I'll end up saying this again on the video that I actually do about him. So when I do that, I'll just tell you guys where you can forward to to just hear the podcast. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit here right now, just so everybody knows what I'm talking about. And it's not particularly cryptic. And for some people, it's not going to be particularly deep. But for me, it's not about the depth of, of it. It's about consistency. And it's about me not being down for certain things and having been very honest about that in the past, these particular things. And yeah, maybe you can say it doesn't look a particular way, but at the same time, to most people, it does look that way. So whatever your intention is, this is the way it came out. This is why I got annoyed. This is why I got offended because I did get slightly offended at one point. And like I, I didn't shy from talking about any of this with Alex yesterday. There may have been things that I didn't mention because I'm going to be honest. It was my cheat day. Yesterday was Sunday. I'm recording this on Monday night and I had just gotten my burrito and I was going to have some Carlos homemade salsa and, and chips and I had really put out a spread for myself because uh, when I'm good on my diet, like that's the other thing I'm going to tell you guys, when I'm good on my diet, on my cheat days, I have no breaks. I do whatever I want on my cheat days and I didn't get to finish everything that I bought, you know, because there were a couple sodas that were left over because I went and bought four sodas. Turned out I could only drink two within my cheat day, but I also drank some Sprite while we were at the bar because we went to this bar and I have been 
I don't want to say going through a depression because really I don't have time to be depressed. So maybe after all this is over and I have a chance to decompress, a slight depression will be a part of it. I don't really know. I might be working through it in the moment because even though I'm not liking the situation, I am all right with the way that I'm handling the situation. And I know that I'm doing my best to make sure that everything gets treated with respect and that I don't come off in any way that I don't want to come off and that I still deliver a quality product to people and that what people gave me money for is still going to be going towards the goal, which the goal is to still have a residency. It's not going to be at that particular spot, unfortunately. And that's just because I'll just tell you guys in so many words, I personally cannot afford that, especially just having come off uh, shut down and, you know, me not being not being able to work. And yeah, I've been working for the last month and a half. But like everybody else, I have shit that I have to take care of. That's, you know, from that time when we weren't allowed to work. So I've got that too going for me and then I've had the expenses that I've had to incur because of this particular venture um <laughs> adventure whatever however you want to put it um but you know since I so with everything that I've got going on it's just like uh I I really couldn't afford to commit to that on my own and I never would have committed to it on my own, even under the best circumstances, just because I know that I'm not ready to kick out that kind of money. And I'm not going to go into specific numbers, but mainly because, um, who's hitting me up on Grinder at this ungodly hour? Oh, ungodly hour. It's like 8 p.m. <laughs> oh, it's 10.56. I have no concept of time, apparently. Oh, and he's sending me a picture. So let's see what this picture looks like. This will lighten the mood a little bit. You know, like, let's look at a quick pic. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this right now. I'm such a, you know, I really need to be more of an adult. That's what it all comes down to. Well, nice. I'm not going to say no to that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we'll talk to him later. He'll be there. He's a local. He's not visiting. So when I get around to you, I get around to you. But what I was trying to get at is, um, I, I'm not going to be able to go into numbers just because I know that the venue was working with us on not charging us what they charge everybody else. And so I don't want to in any way expose that and make that a thing for them where now people go in like, well, I heard you did this for so-and-so. And, -so. and th you might say that's not very likely, but you would be surprised at the things that I say that end up traveling. So I just treat everything like it's going to travel. And when I'm talking about me, I've told you guys before, I don't care what I say. But when I'm talking about other people, especially people that have been good to me or businesses that have been more than accommodating with me i'm not trying to fuck them up in any way at all the venue has been great it's the people that run chanclas that are in charge of it um technically most people i guess go through thunderbird hotel itself to deal with that room but i was dealing with the management slash owners of chanclas and so um, them, you know, they've been really cool about the way everything has played out and, you know, um, but what I was trying to get at is 
I didn't have time to talk to Alex about what it was I had said. And also, I feel like you know what I Well, if you listen to the episode, then you know what I was talking about. Like, don't hit me up pretending like you're like, well, I still don't know. Yes, you do. You do, you do, you do. And I explained to him yesterday, and I wasn't a dick like that. I wasn't on the phone with him like, you do, you do, you do. But there was a point where I did get a little elevated in my tone just because here, I'm a troll. I'm a troll too. So you can, you're you in a safe space, Alex, when you're talking to me. And if you wanted to say, like, look, this is what I said. This is why I said it. This is why I don't give a fuck how anybody feels about it. That I can respect. But acting like, I don't know why. It was just me using the word patriots. It's like, no, that's not the way the world works. Even the left isn't that ridiculous that if you just use the word patriots, that's what it is. And I did technically defend him on a thread a couple of days later on the North Northwest Comedy board or something like that which I shouldn't even be a part of that group anymore because I haven't been in the Northwest for a while but it might come in handy one day who knows anyway the thing was um on the episode like I said last week he didn't necessarily seem like he wanted to be the most forthcoming in what was going on or in why it was they got mad at him and even if you don't like or don't agree with why it is people got mad at you you usually have some idea what it was that set set them off and so I had asked, I had to ask him a couple of times and then he still was kind of like well it was something like and it's like it was something like like how about just out with it Mary and this is me just being gay I'm not trying to be insulting with Alex by calling him Mary this is just like get used to it I mean like if you're not already used to it I'm very gay I know that people think of me as like you know a fucking white tiger working for Siegfried and Roy but you gotta remember at the end of the day it's still a fucking tiger so every once in a while I'm gonna talk like the fag I am so anyway so I felt like just out with it Mary just Come out with it and tell me why it is they're mad at you. And it never happened in the episode, which was frustrating for me. But like I said, I invited him. So I wasn't going to get confrontational with him. Like some of you might wonder, like, why didn't you really, really push him? Well, if you notice, even at the points in the interview that I did with Diaz, even though I did feel like Diaz was being as forthcoming as he possibly could be, you know, especially by the end of it all, even though I pressed him a little bit, you notice I don't get aggressive with people. And that's for one big reason. It's exactly like I said, when Shane and Black Pedro weren't the coolest with me when I was on their podcast. It's like I didn't take time out of my day to do this unpaid activity to argue with somebody. And so I feel like that when I have people on my podcast. So I didn't want to argue with Alex or like force it out of him or get confrontational about it. You'll see he's a big guy. So it's not like I was worried that he was going to be intimidated by me or anything like that. And I'm not intimidated by him. We're friends and he's civil and he's a good guy. I know he's a good guy. But when I have guests on, especially that have been in conversation, controversial situations I'm not at all trying to expose them or have you see them in a bad light what I'm trying to do in those cases because I have known these people for a long time in a lot of cases like with Alex 15 years is how long I've known him about and so I want you guys to be able to see or hear or see and hear 
what it is I love about them and why it is I don't think that they're this type of person, even if they said something that I personally didn't agree with. But you just have to come out with it so that we all know what it was that triggered them. And then people feel like you're coming from an honest place. So if I was Alex's Olivia Pope, which I've already said, I've never watched that show in my life. I just know she handles scandals. And I know that I've dealt with a scandal or two myself in my life could be dealing with one now if I wasn't so good at just saying this is what's going on. But because I'm going to explain everything, you know, because I like with me, my thing is I don't have time to be at all cagey about these things because they're just life and they're just the way things go. And sometimes things get jumbled and sometimes you get passionate on the internet and you say things the wrong way. And sometimes you make an announcement too early or, you know, whatever the case is. And sometimes you like, you know, most of the time I find that people aren't coming from an evil place. So anyway, the thing with Alex was, he was doing that on the podcast and that I was somewhat fine with because even though it's frustrating, it's like whatever. But and in the editing, I will not edit anything we say out of the podcast because I want you guys to truly just make your own opinion about it. And if in the end you think that I was wrong or I misread it and you felt like he was being forthcoming and you didn't feel like I had to press him a couple of times, let me know in the comments when you hear when you hear it because or see it because that one's a video one. Um, I, I, I'm not going to get mad at anybody for being like you know I just don't see it the way you see it and I think you're being overly like maybe expecting more from him than you should have been or like let me know but anyway so he does that and then we're talking about the fact that they're trying to cancel his shows in Salem Oregon which I performed in Salem Oregon before I think it was lucky lucky chans or something like that it was a chinese spot and you know i made fun of that because salem oregon is a lot of white people or was a lot of white people i don't know what their actual population is but it was kind of redneck oregon last time i was there but the last time i was there in all fairness had to be at least 12 years ago i want to say something like that i could be off by a year or two I think it was even before I worked with Joe Coy, which Joe Coy was, I think, 2009, 2010. Yeah, so probably 13 years ago, something like that. Anyway, so the point is, Oregon, uh, Salem, Oregon in particular, was at that time kind of white and rednecky. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's changed. But all of, you know, because Portland is kind of spread everywhere. Um, it's not too far from Portland. I remember it not being a long drive within an hour and a half. And I even want to say something like 45 minutes once you get out of actual Portland. But I could be wrong on that. Like I said, it's been 13 years. I have a terrible memory. Who knows? Maybe it's three hours away. What do I know? But anyway, I feel like <laughs> I think it's an hour and over an hour and a half or under an hour and a half. Sorry. I think. Anyway. So anyway. Um, they were trying to cancel his show there at some theater that he was at where he was going to be performing at. And he had this event that was for Patriots and they ended up like chalking up the street in front of him, you know, or not in front of him, the, the street in front of 
or the sidewalk in front of the place that he was supposed to be performing. Like instead of doing actual vandalism, this is what they did was they used some chalk and they, you know, put his name like Alex Elkin, whatever. And then they said like blue lives aren't a thing or something like that. And then they had BLM, BLM, which of course is Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And then he posted on his Instagram a couple of pictures from that, you know, where that had happened. And he put, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter one where they had put blue lives aren't a thing and then the Black Lives Matter at the bottom. And then the caption was something like monkeys throwing shit or like like monkeys throwing shit. <sighs> so I personally didn't say anything about it because really that's your business. If you want to die on that hill, then you climb on that hill and you die on it. But I'm not running up after you on top of that hill, standing next to you and dying next to you on that hill. So my thing was, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that because I know I say enough stuff that my friends probably pretend they don't see because they're like, you know what? I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to argue with you at the same time. So this is the way that it plays out. So he says that and then shortly after and they might not have been related. It may not have been the same thing or the reason. But shortly after that, because at that point, the theater hadn't announced that they were canceling the event. They had just said that they were um, they just taken it off the site so that you couldn't, you know, they weren't advertising it. So he could have still had his event at that point. But one could also argue that they were already on their way to canceling the event if they had done that. So and, you know, one could be right if they argued that it's not something I would argue with anybody. It's who knows how these things are playing out behind the scenes. A lot of times people don't know the behind the scenes on me. And I'm like, that's completely different than you're assuming that it was. And sometimes you really can't talk about the behind the scenes because you'll look unprofessional. So I get all of it. I'm not trying to make that a thing. But what I do know is then maybe a day later, because a couple of times Alex has called for people, you know, to stop sending him DMs saying how much they support him and how much they think he's right and actually put that publicly, which I can understand why you would want to do that, too. But here's where I get annoyed, because if you just put out a general one of those cool, fine, whatever, you know, no problem. But when you're like, shout out to all of the people of color friends out there that, you know, because he put POC. So he was like, shout out to all my POC comedian friends out there, which I'm one of, that aren't saying anything in my defense right now or that aren't, you know. And I was thinking in my head and I was willing to keep this part to myself at that time. But it really did get on my nerves that he would say that when it's like. You just put up a post where you had the BLM on Instagram and then you said like monkeys throwing shit. I know how Instagram works and I know how you pick pictures when you're doing a multiple picture um, upload, which is what that was. So you 
either purposely or you're not aware enough to know that you chose the BLM one first that makes it look like you are in some way calling black people monkeys or people from BLM monkeys, which in most cases would be white people just playing. But really, in certain areas, it is white kids that are representing BLM. So if you were to tell me even at that point, you know, because like when I he called me, I did tell him that, you know, that's one of the things that I definitely couldn't stand behind and I wasn't going to sign off on. And I certainly wasn't going to stand up for him at that point and, you know, pretend that I'm co-signing to that. And so he was like, um, trying to say the like, well, if you read Urban Dictionary, if you read the definition to monkeys throwing shit, and I felt like, all right, like, let's not pretend it's that fucking deep. I don't got to read Urban Dictionaries, and I will at some point just to humor this part of the conversation. But I didn't because that's not the way anybody's going to take that, and we all know that. I mean, like, the average person did take it the way I did, and I know because I saw a thread full of people, and eventually I did step in on that thread, even though I wasn't defending that part of it, but somebody said that, you know, because this girl had posted in the thread that at a point he had stayed at her place, another comedian had, you know, asked him or um, asked her to allow him to stay at her place and vouch for him, and he stayed at her place, and it was without incident, like nothing creepy or weird or violent or anything happened and I knew that because Alex is a good guy he's a God-fearing man he's a churchgoer he's I'm not at all attacking Alex's character when I'm doing any of this I'm just saying that we do need to watch our words even if we choose to use them at least understand that they might have a certain effect and there's a reason that sometimes people of color aren't necessarily going to jump to your defense and you have no right to call us out or act like we're not friends by us not standing up for you publicly at that point because I don't stand by your words at that point. So the fact that I'm not trolling you or I'm not on your thread saying negative stuff or asking you why you would say that, to me, that's me being as supportive as I'm going to be in that situation is just pretending like I don't even see it, pretending like it's not a thing. But I knew I was going to have to talk about it because if I didn't, and I had already chimed in on that thread, because when the woman made it seem like, you know, or when the woman said that she had let him stay at her place and she was like, something like, now that I know this, I wouldn't do that again kind of thing, you know, which I get that if you're like, that's not the kind of person I want staying in my house, then I get that. But then some other lady that has no life and is just a true Karen, and there's Karens on both sides of the aisle. Nobody has the Karen market cornered, whether you're on the left or the right, there's Karens on both sides. Um, so just like Donald Trump said, there are good people on both sides. There are Karens on both sides as well. And so, you know, this Karen jumped in and she was like, whoever that comedian is that um, asked you to let him stay at your house should be called out as well because she could have put you in a dangerous position and whatever. And I was that's when I did chime in and I was like, um, just because you don't agree with the way somebody thinks doesn't mean that they're a dangerous person or that they're going to be dangerous in your house or they're going to bring danger to your house. And I was very clear about that. So that was me standing up for Alex because, yeah, maybe you don't like his words. Maybe you don't like his thoughts. Maybe you don't like his ideas. But at the same time, he's not, in my opinion, at all dangerous. But. 
uh, it did turn into a bit of an argument between me and her, and I had to show her how this situation really works if you're trying to do it with the person of color. And I flexed. Like, every once in a while, I'll show you guys why it is or show the Internet why it is I'm good at doing what I do when we get into those little conversations because I know every box that I can check, and I'll check all of my boxes sometimes and be like, so where are we, white lady? You identify as what? You're saying you're LGBT? What are you, non-binary? Okay, not buying it, bitch. That's what non-binary should stand for in my book because it doesn't make you a part of my community just because you decided in your head that you were going to be something different. I'm sorry. Call me old school. Call me old-fashioned. But it's not what I'm doing. And if people want to get mad at me for saying that, get mad at me for saying that. Because I just said it and I'm not taking it back. Do I think non-binary is a thing that I can respect if somebody identifies that way? Yes, definitely. I have a friend, like I've told you guys before, that I respect that is non-binary. And with them, I will actually go out of my ways to say they and them pronouns. But really, do I think that it's the same as being gay or the same as being trans? I really don't. I mean, like, you probably, most of us feel one way or the other. Even, like, I've talked about myself, how technically I would check the box of bi-gendered, I believe, is what the box would be. Because sometimes in my head, the thoughts and the way that things are playing out are very feminine, and sometimes they're very masculine. So, you know, technically, I think by that being the way that my brain works, and believe me, I know the way my brain works. I don't always like it, but I know the way my brain works. Um, and I know it doesn't remember a lot of shit. But um, with the way my brain works, technically, I probably could qualify as non-binary. Um, but I don't really think that's a thing. I think that's something that all of us have to do to certain, some certain degree because sometimes you got to man up and do shit and sometimes you got to woman up and do shit and whatever it is you got to do, you got to do. So, you know, sometimes we're wearing different hats and I think that every person does that to different degrees just like there's the Kinsey scale, scale where nobody's completely gay, nobody's completely straight. You know, I feel that same way about gender and I really feel like gender in the societal way is silly and I can't wait until, you know, like some of this I'll, I'll tell you that I definitely am on board with the thinking of because I think you have a lot of people thinking that they have to be a particular way in order to check the box of the gender that they were born as, born as. And so sometimes people think that they have to make these huge changes to their bodies and start taking hormones and stuff like that when really they could be just as happy. And I'm not at all taking a swipe at gender dysphoria. If you know you feel that you were truly born in the wrong body, then you should definitely take the steps you have to take to live the most authentic life you can possibly live. So I'm not trying to discount that. I'm not trying to invalidate that. But I am saying I think there's a fair amount of people that really, if society didn't force these ideas on everybody, would be more comfortable just being like, oh, okay, I'm fine being a man, but these things about me are very feminine. Like I've told you guys, I'm not necessarily attracted to men that have their nails painted. But if that's the way you feel like expressing yourself and you're still want to identify as even a straight cisgender male, you know, then 
I wouldn't say that that's anything you should change about yourself. The fact that you like to paint your nails shouldn't mean that you're gay or shouldn't mean that you now have to identify as trans. And there's a lot of people I wouldn't fuck, but there's also a lot of people that wouldn't fuck me. So it is what it is. And we all just move on our way. I would never discourage that. I would never tell anybody, oh, you're gross. You paint your nails or I've hooked up with guys that have painted their nails before and like I told you guys, there was one guy, like one of the first experiences that I had with the person that was like kind of threw me off a little bit that I was so attracted to them was one of the longest relationships I ever ended up being in. And I thought he was so beautiful. Uh, you know, I still do think he's beautiful. We're still cool. Um, but um, that's a different story. But he's great. Um, I spoke with him after not speaking with him in a long time, but we it is what it is um but anyway um he would wear makeup and before that i had never like hooked up with guys with makeup but for some reason i was even more attracted to him because he would wear makeup but he was such a guy like you know and he wouldn't go out of his way to act masculine he wasn't like a fucking douche but he was definitely you know would fix things and you know would help me if I, you know, if we needed to move something, he wasn't at all girly about that. If a tire needed to be changed, like all of the things that would be traditionally masculine, he would do. He would just wear a little bit of eye makeup and have some square nails that I had to have him get rid of. But that was because, let's not go into it. You know, square nails aren't the deal, ladies. <laughs> but anyway, this is all too much about me. What am I talking about? What's happening Anyway, so uh, what happened is um, I don't even remember where I was going with any of that. But yeah, so um, my thing was if he were to. OK, so one, I don't necessarily think he's dangerous. Let's just let's just take it back because I'm not even going to pretend like I know how I got into all that or any of that shit. I don't know. It just happened. I'm sure on the playback I'll end up and I'll love it because lately I've been loving myself more and more. And like I said, I am technically going through. See, this is why I do unbothered because technically I was going through a bit of a depression, but I don't have time for it. But at the same time, I get on here and I start talking about other things and I feel good just because I'm getting better at expressing myself all the time. And I really do like the person that I am. I love the person I am. And so it, it's what it is. Um, but to get back to the Alex situation, basically, I can't sign off on you doing the what's it called thing. So or like even making it look like you're calling black people monkeys, even if we both know because Alex did bring this up. He brought up the fact that, you know, um, that the. Um, BLM people in Salem, Oregon are for the most part white. And I was like, yeah, and I get that because I've talked about that before on my podcast when I went to the Trump rally in Scottsdale, Arizona, but it was like North North Scottsdale, which is very, very white um, and very, very ritzy. And that the Black Lives Matter kids were actually white kids in black shirts. Literally, I think I saw zero and I'm not exaggerating. I really do remember seeing no black kids or black people for that matter in the black lives matter that was representing for that particular event. And I'm not joking or being silly or exaggerating. I don't think there was a single black person representing black, black lives matter. It could be the same in Salem, Oregon. I don't know that to be the case. I haven't been there in years, but 
if it even looks like that, like you're saying that, then I can't co-sign to it as a person of color. And so I'm not going to jump in and have your back on that. And I also don't appreciate you calling me or your other friends that are people of color out for not doing that because I have a lot of trans friends. And I know that sometimes, you know, and I'll do an episode about this coming up because we're coming up on the anniversary of it. But I've said things and I continue to say things that could be considered as transphobic. There's parts of what I just said a second ago that could be considered as transphobic. My trans friends will either rib me about it on my post, which I'm open to because my trans friends, as I've already told you guys, have known me in a lot of cases since I was a little boy. I mean, like 17, 16, 17. Yeah, 17 was when I met most of the girls or a lot of the girls between 17 and 19, I want to say. And so there's a lot of years there. So if they want to. And also the other thing is I do feel a particular kinship with trans people in general. So even some of my more recent more recently acquired trans friends would have license to rib me in that way. Sometimes I don't like people ribbing me because I think self low self-esteem comes from that. But like with my trans friends, I never feel like they're coming from a bad place. And so, you know, like there has been one that, but he was crazy anyway. Um, but for the most part with my trans friends, I don't really feel like they're coming from a bad place. So if they rib me, I'm fine with that. Or if they just completely stay quiet, I'm fine with that too. But I wouldn't ever be like after saying something that could be perceived as inflammatory towards trans people being like, oh, I noticed none of my trans friends are standing up for me right now because it's like, yeah, bitch, and we're not going to stand up for you right now because this could look bad on us when maybe we don't even co-sign to the shit you're saying right now. Like, yeah, we love you. And yeah, we've known you for years. That true and true. But that doesn't mean we're going to climb on that hill and die with you. Just like I wasn't going to climb on that hill and die with Alex Elkin. So when he called me, I was kind of short about it because what I was trying to get at earlier was I was having my cheat day and I wanted to get to that. So if he had said to me, you know, like, look, because this is the way it could have all been like between us where I would have been like, all right. And I would have just taken this back to you guys in my episode that I do about him. But instead, he came at me slightly victim me. And, you know, if he decides to call me about this part, too whatever I'll talk to him again but I like just listen to my words closely Alex and hopefully there's nothing for us to talk about in a negative way I've already said I personally don't plan to stop being your friend if you think that I'm selling you out in any way by the things that I'm saying and you decide not to be friends with me that's your decision to make I doubt you're gonna do that but if you decide to I'm not gonna pretend like I don't get it or whatever you're you're free to do whatever you want but if he had said to me like look the black lives matter kids in oregon in salem oregon are all white kids so i trolled them by calling them monkeys because they're white kids and they're acting like monkeys i still would have been like well that still makes it seem like but i get you were trolling the the white kids and I'm kind of down with trolling white kids and <laughs> try to stand up for people of color too much because sometimes they overdo it. And that's something every person of color would probably tell 
most young white kids that are trying to stand up for them because sometimes they'll even tell us what's best for us and it's like you realize you're just another white person telling me what I'm supposed to think right but they'll never get that they instead will be like you're an uncle Tom and it's wait a second isn't that kind of racist that you would call me that are you allowed to call me that isn't your code supposed to be against demeaning me right now? This is all feeling kind of ironic, really. But anyway, if he had said that, then I at least would have been like, all right, well, at least you admit you're trolling and it was just what you were trying to do. But when he tries to act like, you know, he didn't get that that could possibly be construed as racist, that's one thing. And then he also went the way with it. I guess we're not allowed to say certain things about certain Americans, like calling black people monkeys. Yeah, that's something that we've decided in this country. And again, you can do it. But and I did tell him this part on the phone. Remember that this is the way you support your family. This is the way you make your money is in this career. So if you want to continue to get things canceled because people in this country know that we have a history of black people being referred to as monkeys there's certain derogatory things that you know in this country that have been said about people of color and if you say them especially as a white person then you're just going to end up getting stuff canceled that's the way it works in this day and age and i don't mean to be cheesy and use that old line that people always say but freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequences there are consequences for things that we say and that's something i myself have had to deal with like i said when it comes to certain things i've said about um not the trans community in general but i'm always very clear about saying trans activists because that's who i think is messing it up that's also who gets the most angry that's also who tries to get me canceled but at the same time I'm always willing to go into the conversation with people and be like, this is why I, as an LGBT person of color that has had trans friends my entire adult life, says these particular things. And this is why it's not the same as somebody that has no knowledge of what it's the what the trans experience is, even though I don't live the trans experience. There are certain parts that I've talked about that do make it. So I do have a different viewpoint and I'm not necessarily coming at uh, coming at it in a, an attacking way when it comes to Alex. I don't really know if he was in some subversive way because he didn't say it um, trying to stand up for black people by using that expression or, you know, but when you're trying to give me a whole thing like, you know, the history of America and then you pretend that you don't know that if you even look like you're referring to a black organization as monkeys throwing shit then I and then he brought up Jerry Seinfeld he was like have you seen Come Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld have you seen it and I was like, yeah, I've seen it. And then he was like, you remember when he got mad at the audience and he came off stage and he was like, like monkeys throwing shit. And I was like, no, I don't remember that, which I don't. You know, I watched. I watched that documentary years ago when it first came out, I think 2004 or something like that. That was when I watched that. But so I haven't you know, I don't remember any of the quotes from that movie. I'm friends with Orny Adams. And I think he got, well, I don't know if he got a bad edit or if he just got, <laughs> or he's just 
never mind. He's cool. I love Orny. He's always been nice to me. Nothing at all even remotely bad to say about Orny. Orny has always made me feel good anytime he's seen me. Not in a dirty way, but always like, you know, hey, and just I love Orny Adams. But anyway, um, but that's what stuck out most to me that I don't remember a line about, you know, like monkeys throwing shit or whatever. So he's trying to reference that. And I'm like, you had to know. And that's, again, where I get frustrated because it's like if you're not even admitting that, you know, that part of American history, then I don't really trust anything else you're saying about, you know, like because um, sometimes he quotes like, you know, kind of the what this country was built on and what we're supposed to stand for. And I get it if you're a patriot and you're bringing that up. But, you know, that and that's cool. But at the same time. You have to know that part of American history, too, if you really know it. Right. I mean, like you would have to have a well-rounded view of American history if you claim to actually know American history, unless you just know the white parts of American history, in which case you don't really know American history. Um, and I'm not pretending to be an expert on American history. I'm just a person of color of a particular age that's spent almost their entire life, with the exception of a couple of weeks in this country and traveled all across it. And as a brown person, I've seen the way different parts work. And I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of where we're at and somewhat where we've been. But um, maybe maybe I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm the asshole here. And no, because I already told you guys the whole thread was like, you know, I can't believe he's calling black people monkeys. <laughs> and it was a bunch of white people. Can't believe he's calling black people monkeys. <laughs> I imagine them talking like rednecks, though, because a lot of them seem misguided, too. Like, uh, like it's like understand sometimes when you're being trolled like that's the other side of it that I would have to say in all fairness. And then, you know, in our conversation, he also brought up the police and I'll end up talking about that on the, you know, the little prelude that I do um, for his, but, um, you know, he talks about how that he supports the police and that the numbers don't really bear out. And I, I get that. And I've talked about that too, but it, the thing that gets lost when you do the full numbers don't bear out is when you take the averages and go statistics or, you know, go nationwide, with the statistics, then it skews things a bit because there are places where there is just a really, um, a real imbalance in the way that people are treated ethnically, racially. Um, it's just something that happens like, you know, cause here's my thing. And everybody that listens to this podcast with the regular, any regularity knows this is um when it comes to like blm if he had just said like i don't agree with blm or posted something like that then his show might have still got canceled but at least if he had come at it in like more of a well thought out way then also, I could have stood by him even as a person of color. You know, I could have been like, yeah, I don't like some of their tactics either. And I've been very open about that. So I get it when you say you're not necessarily just going to bow down because somebody chalks Black Lives Matter or BLM on a piece of the sidewalk, you know, but then have that conversation. 
you know, then be willing to have that conversation and say, these are the reasons that I don't necessarily agree with the principles of this particular organization. Because I've always said I believe in the sentiment. Yeah, black lives definitely do matter. But the organization itself and the way that it's kind of been bastardized and the way that they've allowed different people to do different things in the name of Black Lives Matter and not ever disavowed those particular people like that's something I can agree with. So if he had gone at it more that way, I think he could have made a case for just being like officially this is just my freedom of speech and I'm not at all against, you know, because I know him and I met him. He used to be such good friends with Bruce Jingles. I think they're still really good friends like me and Bruce Jingles. Jingles went out to go perform for him back when we were pushing the if you ain't for Obama, then fuck your mama campaign. That's who me and Bruce Jingles were working for, which you guys have heard me say that slogan before. We were working in Oregon, um, Eugene, Oregon, which is where the university is, which is where Alex either lives or lived. I'm not sure if he still lives there or not, but um, that's where we were you know, was performing for Alex. So I know he's not racist, but when it comes to, you know, us talking about the police or that kind of stuff, what I've always reminded people and kind of what changed my mind in certain ways and made me at least soften a little bit and not be so hard ass about certain things was that in Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri, I believe it was, that was a town, um, which is where Mike Brown happened, which to me was one of the most... I couldn't agree with it, BLM, and that was at the beginning of BLM, really, when it, they were becoming a nationwide force that they've turned into. Um, but, like, I really didn't agree with them because I thought Mike Brown was such a not good guy, you know, and I thought they really misrepresented what it was he was. And so I wasn't on board with that. But then they, you know, did, like, an investigation, and it did turn out that there was really, really bad police corruption and racism happening. So even if I didn't agree with Mike Brown himself, what it was they were to uncover because they were willing to really push the Mike Brown situation and even kind of misrepresent, you know, Mike Brown himself, they did end up finding that out. So yeah, it was too bad that that turned out to be the poster boy, but I still could agree with event what the poster eventually pushed if that makes sense and so you know I um I I didn't argue with him about that but uh, there was I'm sure a look on my face where I was like mm, this part's kind of bullshit you know and I think that you know Alex literally just suffers from some blind spots and sometimes that'll happen when you're not willing to take anything in and I'm nobody because you know I told him that you know sometimes you know I don't remember how I phrased it but it's like sometimes you're not learning you know certain lessons and then he was like and who's trying to teach me these lessons and I was like right now me a person of color that you actually know you know like if you didn't know that you know that you're not supposed to call black people monkeys then I'm letting you know, you know, I, I and like I said, if you want to continue to get things canceled, then just keep business as usual. Don't listen to me because I that's all I can do is try to tell you why it is these things are happening. If you're going to continue to pretend because in my mind in this country, you're pretending if you don't know that. Do I seem crazy to you guys? Because I thought everybody knew 
I mean, like Roseanne Barr, one of the most powerful women in Hollywood. And yeah, she may have been unpopular because she was a Trump supporter at that point. But one of the most powerful women in Hollywood gets completely taken down by comparing Valerie Jarrett, who's only, I believe, a quarter black. And Roseanne says that she didn't know Valerie Jarrett was black, which I could believe at the same time. Um, But said that, you know, if you combine Planet of the Apes and whatever else with whatever you get Valerie Jarrett. Completely ended up off her own show. But Alex didn't know that that could be construed that way. So anyway, um, my thing was I didn't necessarily make time for that conversation, you know, or give that conversation a lot of time because I had so much food in front of me. And I was like, yeah, I'll talk about this for a minute. And I I mean everything I say. I really do love Alex. And if I were trying to throw him under the bus, really what I would have done was record a quick little beginning to it and been like, I don't agree with this motherfucker. I think he should fry the way they're frying him right now. I still don't agree that his show should have been canceled, but that's at the theater's discretion. I think that, um, you know, that he needs to know that if I were really trying to fry him, like I said, I would have done a quick beginning to it just added that on while I was in um wherever I was at um where was I at I can't remember it was one of the loony bins it was in anyway whatever state city providence I was in that's where I was and Little Rock Arkansas was where I was so uh, I would have just recorded that little beginning in Little Rock and I would have edited our you know show our episode so that I could have put it up and I would have went ahead and posted it on that thread and chosen the most inflammatory parts and used those as promo for it because I know I would have gotten plenty of views but I really wanted to be measured in the way that I actually do that and even this episode like I'm not worried about I don't feel like I'm at all throwing him under the bus even if he doesn't like the stuff I'm saying because we all know that these episodes, I don't really promote the same way because for me, when I do just the audio on YouTube, they really are just for the botherinas. And yeah, there's a chance somebody will hear, like I said, the walls always have ears on some level. But for the most part, the the bulk of what's going to listen to this is going to be like the hundred and so hardcore actually already get me, already know where I'm coming from botherinas true blue that are going to take me the way I'm meant and are going to understand that the underlying of all of this is I think Alex Elkin is a good guy and I don't think that he deserves to be canceled and I do feel like he needs to own what it is he's saying or at least put more thought into what it is he's saying if he in fact doesn't know these things Or maybe he should talk to more people of color and find out why it is they are sensitive to certain things and understand why it is that people have certain triggers and understand that, yeah, a lot of times in this day and age, triggers are bullshit. They really are. But sometimes in this day and age, triggers are valid. And there's a reason that people get upset about certain things. Like I've said with me, like I know the difference between somebody joking, somebody being silly, somebody being fun and somebody being racist and somebody being condescending and somebody truly treating me like I'm less than. And so when a person like me talks about that kind of stuff, 
I feel like it should be given some weight because I'm not your average, you know, negative Nancy, you know, jumpy and just reactive all the time and looking to be offended. Like I live my life the opposite of that. I, instead of listening to people's words, try to work off of their intentions. That way I get a sense of the person rather than just the vocabulary, because a lot of people have vocabulary that others could find unacceptable because you know, of where they were raised or how they were raised. It's something that I dress in my set. And it's one of the reasons that I do the kind of stuff that I do on stage, because when it comes down to it, I do feel like that through comedy, we can use our gifts as ways of bridging a lot of stuff that in other cases, you know, um, that in other cases people would have trouble talking about in regular society. And because people do give us that license, I do feel like we do have somewhat of a responsibility. Those of us that are good at what we do do have somewhat of a responsibility to not only because, you know, asking people to listen to you for an hour at a time, not just on this podcast, but, you know, I do 45 minutes to an hour on the road. Alex is a legitimate road comic. He works all the time. So he also has that same privilege I do where and I'm not talking about white privilege or anything like that. But, you know, it is a privilege when people will shut up for the most part and listen to you for a full hour. So if you get to speak to society in my opinion this is all in my opinion if you get to speak to society for an hour um you know uninterrupted on a nightly basis in a lot of cases then i feel like as comedians we owe society to at least somewhat try to take in what it is they're telling us because even when we don't agree with people those people still will in some cases ended end up being parts of what make up our audience so even if we don't agree with them we should still at least somewhat try to respect them somewhat try to understand them because if we're gonna joke about them then maybe we should pay a little bit of attention you know I feel like I'm getting better at being a human being but I also feel like I'm not gonna be on the earth much longer and I promise you guys I'm not gonna kill myself I'm not suicidal on any level but I feel this all coming to a close so if I can teach anybody any lesson, then I feel like that's something I should try to do. I didn't talk about my residency, but I think my mind just wanted to escape that. And I just let myself do what I do today. Stay unbothered. <laughs>